We've been in the book of Matthew all summer, and this morning we're going to be in Matthew 26. If you've got a Bible, you can go ahead and open up to that. If you need a Bible and you want a Bible, we give them out for free at the welcome bar in the foyer, so feel free to grab one of those if you need a Bible. Um, I cannot believe that we are in the middle of July. Has anybody else kind of just like, it's like it just happened out of nowhere, and it's supposed to be over 100 degrees the next eight days, and so we're praying for rain. The rain came, the wind blew, and God, we need you to do a miracle, okay? Um, it has been hot, a uh, different kind of hot. And uh, if you were here last week, uh, you probably remember we talked about Jesus calming the storm. And what started as one storm led to three storms. The disciples are with Jesus in the boat. A storm came up on the sea, and they start freaking out. And like I said, what started as one storm led to three The the first storm we talked about was the circumstantial storm. This is like just, it, we're, these circumstances are going to happen. There's going to be adversity, conflict's going to come. But how we respond to that means everything, which leads to storm number two, which was the emotional storm. And the disciples showed us what not to do. They reacted in fear instead of responding in faith. And they kind of started freaking out. They went down. They're waking up Jesus, which led to storm number three, which was a theological storm. And what did they say? They questioned. They said, do you even care? They look at Jesus. I just imagine Jesus wakes up, and, you know, he wakes up, he puts the storm to sleep. And then the question that came from the disciples is, do you even care? We're perishing. We're about to die. And he, he puts it to sleep. He quiets the waves. And this is what they say. Who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey him? This morning, we're going to talk about another story where people are sleeping, okay? If you would, just tap your neighbor real quick. Say, hey, today's not the day to sleep in church, all right? Um, we're going to talk about another story where there are some people sleeping, um, but this time, the, the people who were sleeping were supposed to be awake. The disciples fell asleep on the job, and if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. The title of today's message is something you can remember. It's Watch, Pray, and Do Not Stray. It's, I'm a rapper. Watch, pray, and do not stray. We could sing a song. Watch, pray, and do not stray. Some of you are already mad. You need to remind your face you're in a good mood. Okay, watch, pray, and do not stray. All right? Watch, pray, and do not stray. Have you ever fallen asleep when you were supposed to be awake? Just kind of, you know, some of y'all are like, yeah, it's going to happen today, Okay. No, like, like you, has anybody ever fallen asleep on the job? Like you were at work and you just fell asleep. Y'all were faking it till you make it. You put your hand in there, acted like you were reading something and you were out. I used to do this in school. Um, we would be, you know, supposed to be reading a book or an assignment and I would just kind of rest my head in my hands and I'm done for. Okay, I'm gone. Uh, in class, in church services, I know everybody has fallen asleep at least once. Uh, some of you, you lay in bed and you're scrolling through your phone. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Your arm's fully extended and you're so tired, you drop your phone and you hit yourself in the face. Has anybody ever done this? That's a really good way to wake up, all right? Have you ever been in a situation where it seemed impossible to keep your eyes open? Like, like you were so tired and exhausted and leading up to Matthew 26 and a lot happened. There was a lot of things that were going on. Jesus was anointed by a woman at Bethany. She poured very expensive perfume on him, preparing him for burial. Judas agrees to betray Jesus. 
For 30 pieces of silver, the Last Supper, you may have heard of this, that Jesus looks across where they're eating and he says, one of you will betray me. This is all happening leading up to this moment where the disciples fall asleep and then Jesus washes their feet They take communion together, eat of the bread, my body that will be broken, and this is my blood that will be poured out for the forgiveness of sins. All this stuff is happening, and as they're at the table and they're eating, this is crazy. Jesus looks at the disciples. He says, oh, by the way, all of y'all will fall away from me. (laughs) And then Peter has a famous response, and what does he say? He says, I will never fall away from you. And then he goes to the extent to say, and Jesus responds, by the way. He says, you're right, uh, you'll actually deny me three times before the rooster crows. And uh, then he goes to say, even if I have to die with you, that I will never disown you. And then all the, the disciples agreed, and they said, we would never betray you, Jesus. And then the story picks up in verse 36. So all this went down, and then we're going to start in verse 36. It says, then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. Gethsemane, if you're taking notes, write this down. It means olive press. This is a place where olives were were crushed and they were pressed to get the oil out of them. This would also be a place where Jesus would begin to be crushed for the sins of humanity. I want to note um, that all of the disciples leave dinner, they follow Jesus to this place, and they sit while Jesus goes to pray. But at some point in this text, it didn't say it in the Gospel of Matthew, but at some point, Judas slips away from the, from the group. He slips away because he had agreed to betray Jesus, and he exchanges it for 30 pieces of silver. It says in verse 37, he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, James and John, along with him. So Peter, James, and John, and, they began, and he began to be so sorrowful and troubled. Verse 38 says, Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And this is what he says. He says, Stay here and keep watch with me. So Luke, another gospel account in the, in the book of Luke, Luke was a physician, and he talks about from the stance that Jesus was actually sweating drops of blood. And so while Jesus is stressed out a little bit, he's sorrowful, he knows what's ahead, right? We know how the story ends, the disciples did not. So while Jesus is sweating blood, the disciples are taking a nap. Just to set the whole stage for what's happening. Verse 39, going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground. And he prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Write this down. Not as I will, but as you will. If you only hear one thing today, this is worthy of writing down and remembering. God, not your will be done, or not my will, checking to see if you're awake. I need your will to be done. And if you can sincerely pray that, to the Lord, it's one of the most radical things that could happen in your life. And then he, he says that he returns to the disciples and he found them what? Sleeping. Have you ever been asleep when you were supposed to be awake? Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? Jesus just calls them out. He asked Peter. Now, Peter was known as the rock, 
And in this text, he's sleeping like one, okay? He's sleeping like a rock. He's out. And not only would Peter deny him three times before he goes to the cross, Peter can't even stay awake to pray. This sounds like us sometimes, right? At night, I just imagine, like, Jesus as he sits at the right hand of the Father in heaven. Like, we're down here praying, like, right before bed. Have you ever been tired when you're praying? All right, and you're praying, you're just going for it, you know, interceding for people's behalf, and you just fall asleep. And Jesus is like, man, here that we have, oh, they're gone, you know, <laughs> they're gone. We just fall asleep. The disciples in this text, they fall asleep three different times in this passage. And I read this, and I asked the question, why did Jesus want them to stay awake and what can we learn from it today? I, I don't know about you, but I can tell you for me, I don't need lessons on how to sleep, okay? I can, I've got that covered. I can sleep pretty well, um, and I, I'm sure that many of you, you sleep great. Uh, but I could use a refresher this morning on how to be spiritually awakened. H- how to be spiritually awakened, fully aware and engaged in the things of God And I've never heard anyone speak from this text before, so I was like, oh, let's just give it a shot, okay? So we're going to dive in. What can we learn from this spiritual slumber party in Matthew 26? Verse 40 says this, he returned to his disciples and he found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch for one hour, he asked Peter. The next verse in 41, this is where we're going to camp out this morning. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is what? Weak. It's weak. Jesus, Jesus takes it up a notch before the first time he tells the disciples, hey, just keep watch. And then he comes back, they're asleep, he wakes them up. Could y'all not stay awake for one hour? And then he says to watch and to pray and do not fall into temptation. And that is how we titled the message, Watch, Pray, and Do Not Stray. Because your spirit is willing, but what? Your, your flesh is weak. I don't know about you, but my flesh is weak. My spirit's willing, my flesh is weak. My spirit's on fire for the things of God, but my flesh is real. And my flesh is weak. This is an invitation to have full trust in Jesus. Number one, if you're taking notes this morning. I recommend you write some things down. Number one, Jesus says to watch. Tell your neighbor, say, you need to watch, okay? You need to watch. Watch. What what does it mean to watch? It means stay awake, to be aware and engaged. Today, I want to challenge every person here. We've talked about this several times over the last half year, to be spiritually awake, looking for opportunities, which I call God moments, has anybody ever had a God moment before? You walk away and you're like, man, that was pretty cool. Like, that must have been God. Looking for moments to serve. Looking for moments to change your surroundings and change your environment. Opportunities for growth. Discipleship. The, the good, the bad, the, uh, death and life. Hopefully that we would see the way that Jesus sees. We've got to keep watch. There is a big difference. I want to, I want to make sure to tell you this. There's a big difference in being culturally woke and spiritually awake. I'm going to say it again. There's a big difference between being culturally woke and spiritually awake. One of them satisfies the desires of the flesh. One of them pleases the heart of the Father. In the world that we live in today, how do we keep watch? Having our physical eyes open is good, but having our spiritual eyes open is way better. To be physically awake is to be physically aware. But to be spiritually awakened is to be spiritually discerning. 
to be spiritually cognizant of what God's doing in the earth, what he's doing in your family, what he wants to do in your life, to be awake. 1 Peter 5, I love this in verse 8, it says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, did y'all know there's a real enemy? There's a real God, his name is Jesus. There's a real enemy, his name is Satan. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around. If you got a Bible, circle this next word. Like, he's like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Why keep watch? Because the devil roars and prowls around like a roaring lion. Like, meaning he's like imitation crab meat. He ain't the real thing, okay? Like, like a roaring lion. Did you know that you serve the God of, the, the lion of Judah? We serve the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the great I am, and in him we find our strength. But if we don't know that and we don't walk in that, then the thing that just roars like a lion will get us tripped up. We have to keep watch. We have to keep watch and and we find our strength in him, and that strength is accessed through point number two, which he tells his disciples. He says, keep watch, and number two, pray. Ask the person next to you, do you pray? <laughs> do you even pray? Well, we, we have to pray. Why does Jesus say to pray? I, I think that Jesus is suggesting to the disciples, hey, y'all probably need God's assistance. And I love that Jesus models this for us. Y'all, can we just make a decision, side note? Can we just make a decision today to stop, like, casual Christianity? Like, just, just I'm just going to be casual in my faith and Christian in my bio on social media. We bless the food for three seconds and call it done, you know? Like, can we stop being casual? I'm serious. Like, we have to, this isn't a time to be casual in our faith. If, if the world hasn't woke you up in the last couple years and spiritually awakened you on the inside, I don't know what will we need to be awake to the things of God and stop going through the motions of faith. I, we, we have to stop playing it safe. I want a church that takes some risks in Jesus' name. I want a church that believes what God says in his word. And I believe God's beginning to do some things, and we're going to see some really cool things happen this fall. It says, going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground. If you don't know a good posture of prayer, this is a good place to start. Get your face on the ground. Get them knees dirty, okay? Get down and say, God, he says, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but what? As you will. It, that is a profound thing to pray. And sincerely, it will change your life. Jesus always leads by example. He models how important it is to pray. After he teaches, before he teaches, what does it say? He, he gets away, and he gets in the quiet place, and he spends time with his heavenly father. Then he goes and he heals a man, and he gets, gets away in the quiet place. He spends time with his father. He, he, he heals a man of leprosy. He, he casts it out a demon. He sent the, the pigs down into the water, and he, he feeds a crowd of 5,000 people and 4,000 people. And what does he do? He gets away. He spends time with the Father. If Jesus had to spend time with the Father, why would we not? We have to pray. He says to keep watch, but he says you got to pray. The only way you can access the strength that God has, we got to pray. we got to pray. So, you know, sometimes I'll write messages, and I'm like, man, this is way too simple. But did you know it's the simple things that go first? It's the simple things. 
And just because they're simple doesn't mean it's easy. Here's a practical application. Number one, you need to set a time. Everybody write that. I need to set a time. What does that mean? Set a time in your calendar where you are going to spend dedicated time with the Lord. Quiet your soul. Rid yourself of distractions. Turn that cell phone off, baby. Open that Bible and say, God, I'm ready. I'm ready. So you set a time. Some of you are like, well, I don't have time. If you got time to open Facebook 74 times a day, you got time. <laughs> if you got time for your screen time to be seven and a half hours, which I can unashamed say that that has been the case before, right? Like, I, if you got time to watch a whole series on Netflix, but we're saying, I just can't really, pr-, we got time. But we have to set a time. We got to set a time to pray. Number two, we need to find a place. Some of you are like, well, a place? I can access God wherever I want. You can, but I got a special chair that I sit in. It's special. I lower the lights a little bit. I got a little fader in the office, you know. I light that candle. It smells like tobacco and leather. That's my love language. Not the tobacco part, the leather. <laughs> and, man, I just, man, it's just a spe- I open my Bible, this leather-bound Bible. Mm. <sighs> I've got a time set. I've got a place. I'm removing distractions. My phone's on silent. There's nothing more important in your life than time with your father. Nothing more. If you try to do it any other way, I'm just telling you, it's going to be hard. I'm just telling you, if you spend time with your father, you will be filled up. And here's number three. You, You set a time, you find a place, and you don't leave that place until joy hits your spirit. And you tell God, say, God, I'm not leaving this place until joy hits my spirit. I remember I would be late for work in college. When I got saved, I needed to find, I needed joy. And me and Kendra texted me this morning. She said, choose joy today. Joy will not choose you, okay? Choose joy. I'm going to believe that God gives me joy, the fruit of the spirit. God, I want joy to hit my spirit. I I don't want to just tell the temperature of the room. I want to set the temperature in a room. I want to walk into my workplace and bring the presence of God with me where I go. I want my family to be different than everything else in the world. Why? Because I've set a time, I've got a place, and I ain't leaving that place until joy hits my spirit. This is time with the Father. Jesus models this in prayer. He's about to go to the cross and die for the sins of humanity, our sins. And, And he gets on his face before his Father and he spends time with him. It says in 1 John 5.14, this is the confidence that we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything, now some people will stop here. I can ask anything. No, 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 don't forget the end of this verse. Anything according to what? His will. And he hears us. I don't, man, I'm guilty of this. I have prayed so many times that my will would be done. I don't say it that way. I remember all those relationships I prayed for. Thank God those didn't work out, you know? <laughs> like, man, I, you know that country song, Thank God for Unanswered Prayers? Like, thank the Lord that those prayers did not go, they went answered, just not the way I wanted them to. Is anybody else thankful? Like, I, we need to ask that the Lord and his will would be done. Well, I, I talk with people, they're like, well, God doesn't hear me. No, God hears you, but are you praying according to his will or your own will? My challenge is that we would grow in our confidence in approaching the Lord, and that happens by us believing in our gut, in our spirit, saying, not my will, but your will be done. 
Because when you come to the end of yourself, we know we come to the beginning of God. And so my encouragement and challenge for everybody here is that every time you wake up in the morning and your feet hit the ground, you would come to the end of yourself in the beginning of God. And watch how circumstances change. Watch how your perspective changes. You rejoice with him. You celebrate with him. You weep with him. You mourn with him. And you spend time with your father. If Jesus had to do it, we probably do too. He says to keep watch, and then he says to pray, and then the the third thing, I want you to write this down. He says, this is my terminology, do not stray. He says that you will not fall into temptation. What does that mean? When you start to stray, you are getting off of the path. The definition is you move aimlessly from the right path to what? The wrong path. Anybody ever done that before? How did I get to this place? Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, I can't wait to sin today, you know, as a believer. Like, no, one little compromise after another little compromise. Have you been there? And then we get to a place and we're like, how did we get here one block at a time? One decision at a time. He says that you will not fall into temptation. Do not stray. I believe, I just want to say this real quick. Some people this morning... You are having a hard time even hearing and being spiritually open and and awakened to hear what I'm saying. We talked about the soil, which is our heart. There's nothing wrong with the seed, God's word. But man, there's been many times in my life my, my heart hasn't been ready. It's not good soil, and so it can't receive what God has for me. And so I want to encourage you. Maybe you walked in here today. I spoke with a young man last service, and I told him, you are not what you've done. You are not what you've seen. You're not what they said about you. You're not your sin. Your sin is not your identity. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus if you want to be. Why do we watch and why do we pray? Because temptation will come. Temptation will come and we have to do what 1 Peter 5 says. Resist him standing firm in faith. We've got to resist him standing firm in the faith. The Bible talks about how to deal with temptation, to submit yourselves to God and resist the devil and what he will flee from you. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. Y'all say that with me. Say, God is faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide an escape that you may be able to endure it. Did you know that every time temptation comes knocking, there's another door that's open that you can walk the other way? But it seems in the moment like it's impossible, right? Is anybody, oh, y'all are just really good Christians, okay? Like, it it just seems so satisfying to my flesh, but I know that it's going to kill my spirit. I know that it's going to not strengthen my calling, it's going to weaken it. It's going to lead me astray. That's what sin does. It's alluring away. James says it this way. Each person is tempted when they're lured and enticed by their own desire. One of the easiest tricks of the enemy is when he lures us away by what seems pleasing in the moment, but that you're going to pay for in the future. Sin, man, it has a cost to it. And I just know the times in my life where I've been lured away, my calling slips away. It's like my identity, it seems to slip away. God didn't move, but I do so often. The, he says to watch and to pray. 
and, and do not stray. Why does he say this? Because the, he goes on to say the spirit is willing, but the flesh is what? It's weak. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Why do we need to keep watch? Because our spirit is willing and our flesh is weak. Why do we need to pray? Because our spirit is willing, but what? Our flesh is weak. What, how do we always stray away from the things of God? Our, our spirit is willing, but my flesh is weak. In college, you guys, I got radically saved. But before I got radically saved, your boy was all kinds of jacked up, okay? <laughs> I'm still messed up, just not as messed up as I used to be. I was addicted to substances. My identity was found in other people. My identity was found in, in uh, alcohol, the party scene, baseball, toxic relationships, money, which I didn't have anyways. <laughs> like it was my, I was addicted to alcohol and tobacco and pornography, and, and I would just run around just, just pleasing my flesh, whatever would give me the next high, and I radically encountered the presence of God. I was at a retreat, I got tricked into going to it. Maybe you got tricked into coming today. Welcome to church. And uh, I got tricked into going to this retreat. I knew there was going to be free food and girls. I was like, sweet, let's go. You know, so I go and, man, I, I heard the gospel presented. My heart was finally in a place to receive the, the word, the seed of God. And my life changed in an instant. It changed immediately. I, I walked away from this retreat, and I was like, I'm different. Has anybody ever experienced, like, I, I'm different. Something's different about me. Like, I didn't know what to do. And this is what I learned right after this. I learned that I will hunger for whatever I feed myself the most. It does, except celery, right? Like, I'll hunger for except whatever I feed myself the most. Your flesh and your spirit is the same way. If I feed my flesh, my flesh will grow. My sin nature will grow. My desires for the things of this world will grow. Did you know when you make one bad decision in sin, it leads to another bad decision in sin? Have y'all been, been there? And then it seems like another one just happens. And then you find yourself in a place or you can feed your spirit. You set a time in a, in a place and... And you don't leave that place until joy hits your spirit. When, when I started feeding my spirit, I, I began to experience life to the full. Things began to change. Like, I, I was a different person. I knew my identity. I, I'm a new creation created in Christ Jesus to do good works. I've got a purpose. I'm now called. I'm a son of the king and the most high. I don't have to bow to the temptations of this world because Jesus is my rock. But if you start feeding your flesh more than you feed your spirit, one will, one will win. I want to encourage you today. It's a very simple message that we need to awaken our spirit. We need to be aware of our surroundings. We have to be awake. What is Jesus telling the disciples? He, know what, he knows what's coming. And he takes a moment with his sleepy disciples, which, I mean, maybe you're sleepy this morning. I don't know. And he says, hey, y'all got to wake up. You got to wake up. And, and by the way, don't forget to pray because we can't do this on our own. You need the help of your heavenly father. And why do you do this? Because your, your flesh is, is weak. Your spirit is strong, but your flesh is weak. And we need the Lord. The, the, the moment I stopped watching and praying and, and obeying God is the moment that I began to run from the things of God in my life. I began to stray away satisfying every little thing that would, uh, if I feel this way, it must be true. Don't trust your feelings. 
I, I would just get mixed up and in the middle of temptation. A wise man once told me, he said, stop putting yourself in places of personal weakness and expecting the presence of God to show up. So I got saved. Four days later, your boy was at the party. <laughs> Knowing that I struggled with drinking and lust and all this other stuff. And I'm right in the middle of it trying to win my friends. That was the wrong place. It was the wrong time. Stop putting yourself in a place of personal weakness that you know you don't need to be around. Whatever that may mean for you. If it's a relationship that's going too far. If it's staying on a computer or looking at a screen at night that leads you to a place that you know is not going to bring life but death. If it's the thing you keep speaking over your kids and every time you do it, you're like, man, I shouldn't have said that. Whatever it may be, can I tell you, the enemy has one goal. It's to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came to give life and life abundantly. But we have to resist temptation. If you would, across the room, would you go ahead and stand to your feet? We want to end service a little different today. As soon as we begin to stray, one thing leads to another, and then another, and then another. The disciples actually modeled this for us in this text. They lost focus. They doze off spiritually. They stopped praying. And this is what happens in verse 42. It says that he went away a second time. And he prayed, my father, if it is possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may your will be done. Verse 43, when he came back, what happened? He found them sleeping again. Number two, they were asleep. Their eyes were heavy. And so he left them and he went away once more. Third time's a charm, right? No. <laughs> saying the same thing. And then he returned back to the disciples and said to them, are you still sleeping? Are you still sleeping? I just imagine the disciples were like hitting each other like, wake up, he's back. You know, like he's back. He's about to go and die on a cross for our sin. And the disciples were asleep. And I can't judge the guys. This, is, this happens all the time with me and my walk with God. I think that everybody could agree today that we fall asleep on God's assignment. Hey, hey, this isn't the time to be asleep. And I don't care if I look like a fool every Sunday. It is time to spiritually awaken from the inside out. That my life bears fruit. That I'm an example of Jesus. That I'm led by the Spirit. That I fear Him and His Word of God. And I build my life upon the rock. Because everything else is sand and it will sink. This is the truth. I feel like the same thing could be said about Christians in America today. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Are you still sleeping? <laughs> After the last couple years, that's like wake up and smell the coffee, baby. The world's getting crazy. It's like a, just a bad movie. <laughs> it's crazy. Y'all, it is time to represent Christ and represent him well. Not just in church, but in your home. Not just in church, but at your job. Not just in church, but in your family. Represent the Lord. Are you still waiting for a message from heaven in the clouds to pursue the things of God? This is it. Everybody look at me. Hello. <laughs> wake up. <laughs> we got to wake up. It's, it's not time to sleep. Why sleep when their souls to win? Why sleep when there's lives to save and people to serve and needs to be met in a gospel that has to be preached? 
It's not time to sleep. I don't know about you, but I'm on a mission from God. And I told y'all day one when we moved here, you ain't going to shut me up. I get more tired some days than the other last week. You, know? <laughs> you aren't going to shut me up. Listen, we got to wake up and pursue the things of God. If you're married, love your spouse. If you're not married and you want to be, stay pure. Listen to me, we got to pursue the Lord. Raise your kids with integrity and character so that they can go into their schools and represent Jesus. The world is falling apart, but Christians are called to be different, not fit in, not look like everybody else, to preach a different message of life and salvation. I don't know about you, but I want to be awake. I want to be awakened on the inside. So what do we learn from this spiritual slumber party? (laughs) The disciples are asleep. Jesus wakes them up and he says, you need to keep watch. You need to pray and you need to obey. You need to obey what I have spoken to you. And then shortly after this, verse 45, he says, look, the hour has come and the son of man is going to be delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let's go. Here comes my betrayer. Judas walks up with the soldiers. The money is thrown they go and they, they take Jesus, and Peter goes swinging, cuts an ear off. I mean, he's wild. <laughs> I'm like, I can relate with that, you know? And then he goes to the cross to die for the sins of humanity. We're going to talk about some of that next week, but y'all, it's time to wake up. My prayer, and I believe it's from the Lord, is that this place is going to be a beacon of light where a lot of people in this region are drawn to it, not because we got it together. But the, but the latter, <laughs> that we desperately need a move of God. It's what I'm praying for in your homes, not just on Sunday. Sunday is the celebration of the saints. We praise God for what he did on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. That's what we're about. And so in your seat, you probably, it may be stuck to some of your behinds, but there's a card. Go ahead and grab that. I want service to end a little bit different. If you, if you need to grab a seat uh, to, to ride on, I want everybody to grab this card. No one is excluded. Grab this card. And if you need to grab a pen out of the seat back, you can grab a seat. I want you to write down some things that you're grateful for. What an act of worship. God, thank you for my home. Thank you for my finances. God, thank you for my family. Thank you for my kids. God, thank you for my clothing. God, thank you for clothing. Man, it would be weird, you know, like, God, thank you for, my, for the blessings in my life. Begin to thank him. Write these things down. We're going to make this an altar up front in a little bit. And we're going to drop these at the crosses here, here during this song. And then on the other side, there's a place for prayer. If you need prayer, every time we do this as a church, there's usually 30 or 40 people that actually write their name and number as well. And they say, hey, we want you to call and pray for us. I take full honor in the rest of this next week to call you and pray for you, to believe with you, to cover you in prayer. If you need that, man, write your name and number. Make sure it's legible, please. <laughs> and if you're just needing some prayer, man, write some, some prayer needs down. Maybe you've got someone in your family who's sick. Maybe today something strung a cord and you're thinking about some temptation you're wrestling with. And you're tired of fighting it alone. Did you know you're strengthened by locking arms with your brothers and sisters in Christ? Write some things down. It's time that the church rises up. It's really hard to rise up 
and run after the things of God when we're weighed down by our own sin. And so what we're going to do is my good friend Andrew is going to begin to sing a song here in a second, and we're going to move around the room. If you need to pray up here, if you want to make this an altar, this is a place of prayer. We've been saying this the last couple weekends. We're about to move into a time as a church where we're going to have people up here to pray with you. There's going to be every weekend a place where you can come lay things at the foot of the cross. And during this song, you can put the cards up here on these little shelves underneath these crosses on the sides of the room. And this week, we are covering you guys in prayer. Our staff wants to pray, but we have to know how to pray. And we want to worship and pray on your behalf. And so feel free to continue writing those things. And as we go into the song, y'all can stand to your feet.